beautiful sports montage 80s synth pop. I love it. I love this theme. When I come into the to the chat or the room here, to, I listen to it before I start actually doing anything. All right, what a difference a week makes. Hey, Kraus, uh Oilers, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, they, it was doom and gloom a week ago. I don't know. It's, there still might be a little bit of that hanging around, but, man, what a difference. They get uh, six points out of a possible six, and they uh, have two convincing wins and one maybe not as convincing, but it was over the Stanley Cup champions, so... What are you gonna do? What are you gonna argue about there? All right, welcome. Let's bring uh, bring us in here. I'm Zuby. This is Kraus. This is episode two of Plus Minus, and uh, we're gonna try to be tight or tighter tonight. We had so much to catch up on last episode because it was the first episode admired in the in the middle of a coaching change and a horrific slump. So we had a lot to do. But before we get to it, I want to ask you a question. I'm out doing my Christmas lights today, and. Um, I overdo it a little bit, probably, as my maybe my neighbors would attest to. Um, so I wanted to ask you on the scale. I came up with a scale as I was out there doing it today. And the scale to me is from Grinch to Griswold. Outstanding, outstanding. So, yeah, outstanding. So let, let's say Grinch is a, is a zero and Griswold is an 11 because he's not a 10 for sure. He's higher than that. Where are you when it comes to... The, the level of effort and dedication and uh, and just like overdoing it of the Christmas decorations. Where are you at on that scale? Personally, I am a one, but my wife <laughs> is a my wife is an eight, pushing a nine. Oh wow! So, yeah, yeah, it, it, she makes up for it. It's it's quite the our front yard. We leave it up actually, like almost into mid February because <laughs> like, you know, we get lots of comments from kids and like going by and, and you know, loving it. So uh, we leave it. And then now our neighbors, like our, our neighborhood across the street's got like a little, almost a mini candy cane lane going on there. So nice. you know, we, we get right into the spirit. Um, and obviously now, you know, as a father, it's a lot different of a, of an operation. You guys got inflatables. That's a bit. Yeah. Big inflatables. Uh, the bigger, the better. Um, we try to have the biggest Santa on the block. So I, ideally, <laughs> ideally Home Depot does not come over a 16 foot Santa because that would be a, that would be, that would be a crushing blow to, I like that you give yourself a one though, not full Grinch. You're a step up from Grinch. So I support, I, I, I support and love. Uh, I just really, I'm not going to do much. I appreciate that. When, um, I'm a, I would say I'm an eight or a nine. Maybe I'm an 8.5. Um, I love it. And same thing we get, and we're right across from the elementary school where my daughter goes. So we put the blowups on in the morning cause there's tons of kids there every day. We get lots of, lots of foot traffic and always lots of kids, um, stopping outside to look at the lights and look at the inflatables. And it's a lot of fun. Now I, it's November 29th as we record this and mine is basically, I have a couple things on order still to show up that are going to complete it. This year coming in from Amazon, but I'm basically done. Is that too soon or am I okay? Am I in the right window here? Are you guys, have you done yours? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a believer of once you're past Remembrance Day, fire it up. And we, we've got lights up and that's all right now. And then I think next week, end of next week, I think uh, Cheyenne had some time blocked off to do the rest of the <laughs> Santa Claus displays. Time blocked off. That must be. I finish a podcast. I try to squeeze it in. It's literally taken me like four or five days because it's just like an hour. You know, oh, I can go up there for an hour. But I'm mostly done today. We'll once we're both done, we'll 
we'll bring some pictures. Yeah, we'll have, we'll, we'll, we'll have a Griswold off. We'll have a Griswold off and a comparison. Okay, let's get to plus minus. Oh, plus minus today, by the way, is brought to you by, where is it? Oh, Growler Media Group. Uh, I had some good notes on, on my own company that I actually can't, can't even find. What did I do here? Oh, here it is. Growler Media Group. Branding videos, explainer animations, podcasts, and more. Hey, do you have a great idea for a podcast? Well, I can't help you. I'm too busy. So thanks anyway. I'm doing, we're doing well. It's fun. Uh, Growler Media Group, the best thing to come out of the year 2020. Okay, let's get to plus minus. You want to, let's go pluses. Let's, I think we should always be positive first, unless we, unless there's a need for something else. Do you want to go first? Sure, sure. I will all start. My plus is going to, uh, oh, captain, my captain. Uh, It just felt like the switch was flipped and all of a sudden the boys all got on board the bus and was all heading in the same direction. And uh, I don't want to, I don't want to hand it to anyone else but the players right now because that's, it's their job. And it, it felt like, it just felt like they burst through and 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 are now rolling the boat in the same direction. It so was solid, I thought. And it felt different. That it Washington did. game felt different. It didn't feel like it was ever in jeopardy. They seemed super calm. Skinner was incredibly calm in that game. I thought. I mean, he got the shutout. It wasn't. Yeah. A, it wasn't the hardest shutout anybody's ever had, or certainly that he's ever had in at any level. Um, but it was just so calm and they were in control of that game. And we hadn't seen that all year. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I guess it makes us look good because we said, hey, Vegas, Vegas has this as a favorite. Maybe, maybe Vegas knows something that, that, that we don't. And I guess the Oilers just needed time to come around, I guess. And, and just I just want to say one other quick thing on that is, you know, Connor was obviously hurt at some point in time yeah. along this year, but it, it has to be more than that because from an injury, you gradually get better. The flip, the switch doesn't just flip and it looked like it did. So I think there's a confidence element. There's a, there's something else at play there other than just the injury. Cause you're playing through the injury. It's not like bing one day. Oh, I'm hundred percent cured as of today. And now I'm off to the races. It wasn't, it was more than that. No, I agree. A bunch of stuff clicked, a bunch of stuff gelled, and that's why we play the game. You know, it's like the St. Louis Blues went from zero to hero, and and uh, when they won the cup, and these things happen, and it's it's hard. That's why we play the game. That's why we love sport. Okay, very good. I like it. Yeah. That was that was tight. I'm going to try to be tight too. Um, I'm giving my plus to it's more. I'm giving it more to an idea. I'm giving my plus to going to the net uh, and seeing the Oilers. Finally go to the net. It feels like in the in this year's version of the Jay Woodcroft Oilers, and I'm not crapping on Jay Woodcroft, and I don't even know if there's a correlation here, but we know that they were soft defensively, and you and this feels like the systems are tightening up, but you can still make the argument that they're soft defensively. But they were so soft in front of other teams' nets and flybys and just like not not they weren't there and they weren't engaged in that dirty area. Where that's where goals get scored. McDavid and Dreisaitl and Bouchard, you know, with a, a big point blast, they score from all over the place. But goals get scored in the dirty area around the crease, and they weren't doing it. And I just went back really quickly th- this evening and watched. They scored 17 goals in the three games, right? The three wins. I went back and watched, and eight of the 17, possibly nine, this isn't an official stat, were either someone 
banging in a rebound or making a play in tight, or there there were a couple of them that were power play goals where there was someone right on the top of the crease disrupting. So eight out of seventeen. I would I would figure to me half of all goals scored should come with some either be scored in that area or have some disruption in that area. And and that's what that about works out to if it depends if you call it eight or nine. So that's awesome. They need to do more of that. And I just want to shout out, it's obviously um, Evander Kane and uh, Zach Hyman leading the way in that uh, department, like head and shoulders. Yeah, but, but they're dragging, Yanmark got one that way, Nuge got one right in front of the net. And it feels like they're they're dragging some other guys into that mentality, and there's still a lot more that need to be dragged into it. But it's a really good sign. I hope it, man. I hope it continues because again, that's where goals get scored, as far as I'm concerned. Hundred percent. And maybe that is the one tweak of the coaching change that's worked out. That maybe that's the focus coming out of practice and the way you go. But uh, when you said dirty areas and you talked about, you know, going to the net, you know, Zach Hyman is exactly who popped into my mind. You know. It, that is just how he gets it done, and that is the leadership that he provides. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. That's a, that's a big plus. And you know, you get your captain rolling, and you're going to the net. Uh, goals are going to go in. And the, and let me just say one more thing on the coaching side of it, because I, I I see because it didn't happen right away. I don't think it happened right away. I mean, we had yeah. we had a five game sample of two wins that, that weren't great and three losses that look like some of the previous losses. So I'm not necessarily blaming it on the coaching change, but going to the net is certainly a case of what it like will over skill, right? So yeah. m- maybe, maybe the coaching change or some of the sisters, something is, is, in, and maybe it comes internally. Maybe it has nothing to do with the coaching change, but there's something encouraging those guys. Cause that's, it's just something they have to do. It's not, it's not something they have to learn to do or, get better at they just have to go do it and they have to have the desire to do it and and i'm starting to see that so that's a a real positive going forward all right let's get negative what do you got for your minus this week i i just cannot comprehend how bouchard can only play the game in one dimension (laughs) and has not taken a step out of the fender you know like he could literally be in the norris conversation if he had a half clue to how to defend or we're going back to what we just talked about the willingness the willingness to put yourself in between the goal and the other player or the play and the player and and that's what being hard to play against is about it's not about being slashed after the whistle it's not about being tough it's about literally being physically hard to get around physically hard to get through physically just someone's physically there all the time and bouchard just misses the boat as a defender, and I've I've never understood that brand of hockey player. Why not go play right wing then? I, I've just never understood why an offensive defenseman doesn't be a defenseman. I've never grasped why why you would. Why, it just it's never ever ever clicked for me why if you can't do both, why bother? Like when you watch the highest of the highest level, the Kale McCars, Kale McCars is going to catch you angle you out, pick your pocket, and then on one on one foot, pivot, turn, and pass it out of the zone. Yeah. Like all the tools at once. And that's the difference between an elite defender and a guy who thinks the NHL is men's league. I, you know, I'm, yeah. I mean, certainly the, the thing with Evan Bouchard for me, I, I think I, I 
I've heard that his underlying metrics, however you, whatever you want to call that, are pretty good, but like are, are not bad. Not as bad as the eye test is, but the eye test is there's no metric that's like makes one to two gigantic mistakes per game or look and, and looks super disengaged doing them. And that's certainly where, and we, we, you know, I've heard so much talk about the two sides of, of Evan Bouchard. Cause it is, it's a, it's, he's, he's the plus and the minus you, you hope he doesn't, he, you hope he doesn't screw you over defensively. Cause you know, he's going to get a, a power play goal every, you know, or, you know, a, a power play a, be in on a power play goal seemingly every game or have a great rush or, you know, he can change momentum with his offense. Yeah. He, he's a right now is a very frustrating player. And I don't, think it's for lack of trying. I have no doubt he's trying to play better defense, but his awareness at times, he just, he just doesn't identify those high danger moments. And I don't know how you teach that because that I do think is like something that's ingrained with you. So it'll be, I think it's very interesting to see. I think it's very interesting to see what Evan Bouchard will become over time. Cause he's a, an unfinished product, no doubt. Oh, 100%. And I, I doubt he even has 200 games in yet. Uh, you know, but he's – you, you just needed him to take a step this year. Yeah. He took a step offensively last year, which, of course, is great, and it was awesome to see. And, you you know, you'll take the wars in it at that point in time. But now that that step's been taken, it's time to try to be a 25-minute-night guy, and that takes – being hard to play against that takes minute munching that takes the things he's seemingly not willing or not coached on doing yet. And maybe Paul Coffey's the answer. Yeah, I hope so. I've seen a big difference in uh, the way the defense are moving the puck under Paul Coffey. And certainly you, you, you would think that that's his influence. And yeah, I would just like to see, um, you know, Bouchard seem, I, I think the expectations were so high because he took a big step playing with Duncan Keith and then he took a big step again, getting um, Ekholm last year. And you thought the full season of them together is going to be that is, I think, where the expectation this year was. We're going to see, we're going to see what Evan Bouchard can really be. We're going to see the early peak of Evan Bouchard uh, on both sides of the puck, and we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, and that's and that's fair. And I did I did read or I did hear that the one thing, the one coaching change or the one systematic change or philosophy change is. There is a high focus on one touch and out. Puck, pass, out. And I think that has been lacking for the better part of a century here. Uh, and it is uh, our our ability to break out of the zone has been challenging. So it is nice to see some some of that. You're right. It is nice to see some effects. Of, Miss, of missing that. in action since Tom Pody and Eric Brewer. Exactly. Um, okay, let's get to my minus. My, uh, minus. Um, I have no, there's no joy in me even having to talk about this, but let's talk about Corey Perry. And I'm going to, I'll try to be brief about it as brief as I, as I can be. Um, Cause to me, this is minuses all around. So let, let's give out, I'll give out a few minuses, minus, minus to Corey Perry um, for whatever he allegedly did um, to, to create this situation to begin with. Uh, that that's a minus. Um, minus to certainly to all of the online trolls who have, uh, you know, create one person probably 
started this, made one comment, started this rumor and noted something about the mom's trip. We're not going to, everyone knows what it is. We're not going to go into detail, but, but someone noticed this correlation with the timing of the mom's trip and made a joke about it or whatever. And maybe it even started as a joke. Maybe it wasn't intended to be something that was going to spread like this. Um, but it's just completely out of hand. It's incredibly insensitive by, by all accounts, completely false. I even saw a video, a video came up in my Twitter feed of a, of a, like an influencer person who's not a hockey person with many, many views. I don't even remember. I tried to kind of, I was disgusted. So I kind of skipped past it where there, one of these videos like this, this is Corey Perry. This is the, you know, one of, one of these in the vertical and, um, and that just, and like they presented it like it was factual. And the only fact in the video was the correlation of the timing of the mom's trip and when this all broke. So like non, so there's even non-hockey people out there like spreading this as like a scandal and it's disgusting. And it's, I, I just, I don't know. People don't think about there, there is a human cost here and not, and, not, and like not just Bedard, who's like a kid, but like his mom, like, like everyone who is a hockey fan has heard this rumor. I I would suggest by now, right? hundred percent. And you're right. It caught wildfire. Who knows how it started? Who knows why it, it gained traction, but you know, you're throwing minuses out. I think, I think one, you know, squarely lands on the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, Once again, an absolute PR nightmare. Yeah. That, that is a good communications team would have been ahead of this. They would have had the before. Hey, hey guys, give us, give us 48 hours, give us 24 hours, give us 12 hours to craft our story. Like yeah. there was no rush. This wasn't because this isn't, this is, this was broken. This news story was broke by the Chicago Blackhawks. Right. Yeah. Cause they healthy scratched him, scratched him for a couple games and then said, then they were the ones who said he's whatever, whatever it was, he was on leave or whatever they called it. So um, everything's yes, it has been airtight up until this point, whatever has happened still hasn't been confirmed. The ability to get ahead of this with proper PR is to me simple for what should be a class act billion dollar organization to pull off. And once yeah. again, well, the box come up short. We know a little bit about their recent history. I'm going to, I'm going to get to that. I still certainly had a, had a minus for them too. I was just going to say for his mom, like his mom has to like go to the grocery store and like, and, and every, and even if it's patently blatantly false, which I 100% believe it to be, she's like the, the human cost of like, she has to face that every day for, I don't, who knows how, I don't even know, you know, who knows how long, this follows her on. And you know what? Maybe she's like an incredibly awesome and upbeat and positive person and is just like, it's it's water off a duck's back to her and because it's false and she doesn't care. Maybe, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know her, but I think it would take a toll on just about anyone and it's disgusting and people spreading that stuff should be completely ashamed. And yes, the final and the biggest minus is for the Chicago Blackhawks organization for the reasons that you said. And just like, and this, 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 you, you've stole a little bit of my thunder, but I'll say this part of it too. If you're Connor Bedard, like, do you feel like the team had your back in this situation? Because they, I, and I understand now they said it's, it's not a criminal matter, but it, I guess it may be a legal matter. So I do understand that they, I'm sure they felt like we can't tell what happened, but I think they, they, you know, they made two statements that I think were important. One, this had nothing to do with a player on the team. Uh, Corey Perry's thing had nothing to do with another player on the team or their family. 
And two, that they did indicate it was like, oh, something with uh, an employee of the team. I forget how they phrased it, an employee of the team. But that's still, I don't know, it wasn't strong enough. It was still too vague. And I feel like if I'm Connor Bedard, this is the, the franchise I'm, you know, will want me to be there likely for 18 to 20 years, It'd be the cornerstone of this franchise. And it's like, did they come out so strongly to make sure that this rumor was quashed and completely destroyed and obliterated and disappeared? No, I don't know how anyone could answer that question. Yes, it's a no. They did not, they were not strong enough because that's who, you know, you want to get sued, go ahead, get sued by Corey Perry. Wouldn't you rather get sued by Corey Perry and have your shiny new toy feel like, wow, they really, they really went to bat for me and they, they said some stuff and now they're getting sued by Corey Perry, but you know, who cares? Who do you, who are you trying to keep happy here? Like it's a, it's a huge miscalculation. And um, like we, like we both said, I mean, not at all surprising for what the recent history of this franchise. No. And I, it's sad. It, 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 it's sad. It, it's just sad. The whole thing is sad. And, and, and again, the, just the bumbling of the PR is hard to believe that there isn't like they didn't go and hire the best PR person available, but yeah. All right. Well, let's put a bow on that. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I've, I said my piece. So uh, that was plus minus. Let's get to uh, the second segment here. Uh, our second segment is called for now, keeping score wagers and predictions. Uh, keeping score is brought to you by chalkboards. Hey, we're still here. You know, whiteboards can't do everything. Sure. We're a little dustier, but we're a lot cheaper. Get a chalkboard. Um, so we both did very poorly on our way. So just a quick re-rundown of um, what, what keeping score is. Keeping score is we each make a wager, something that has to, uh, has to be a, uh, an underdog and has to cash with, you know, has to be something that completes within the next week so we can come back and talk about it. And we keep score of how we did. Well, we both, we were both 0 for, we're both 0 for 1 on the official wagers of the official episodes. We both, you picked the, uh, you picked the caps, to beat the Oilers last weekend, the Oilers won. I picked an over at 6.5. The game was 5-0, and I picked Connor to score a goal, and I think he got three assists, but he did not score a goal. Um, so we are both 0 for 1 there, and neither of our predictions uh, have come to pass as of yet. So let's go again. You want to go first with your with your wager? Sure, I will. I think... Um, I couldn't... I didn't find any same-game parlays that were available uh, to get the odds on, but... I'll take a Connor Brown this week on a, a anytime goal score. It'll probably be, you know, probably three and a half to one or something like that. But yeah. I, I like I like a Connor Brown anytime goal score this week, parlayed with an Oiler win on uh, whatever game uh, you feel like that might uh, might took your fancy. No, you got to pick one. I got to pick one? You got to pick a game. Oh, wow. Well. Um, I like see. that though. That's smart in midstream here. Why bother? Who cares about the actual odds? I mean, we know when you know it's going to be. We're still working some of the kinks out here on this. Yeah, point. we'll and, take it. In, yeah, we'll take it in tomorrow's night's game against the Jets. You know why? You know, I mean, I think the Wild's the next game after that. We're not exactly. We don't exactly uh, have the best record lighting the Wild up. So no. But, oh geez, yeah, I, man, you're you're making me think. I might want to. I might want to change. <laughs> I want to change what I'm doing here. No, you know what? I'm going to go with what I got here because I put it up on the screen, but I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about the direction here and what you've done is really smart. So I did a, I did a same game parlay of, uh, I got, um, 
a first period goals, a draw coming out with a draw between the Jets and Oilers tomorrow. And then I've got over 2.5 total goals in the second period. And they're at 2.9 and 2.25. So my $10 bet would get me 5150. I like that. I like that. Let's see. Let's see, you know. Okay, let's go on to a prediction. What do you got for your something longer range that we're going to write down and, and uh, just has to have a time frame on it? I still, I think Connor wins the Hart Trophy. I think that he, I, 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 this, again, I mean, it's only been, it's a short sample size and really I'm basing this on one period of play because it was <laughs> yeah. one, really that one period of domination that just really made me feel different. So I'm going to say Connor, I think he's five or six to one to win the heart still. So I think that's, a, that's probably, you know, Art Ross, I think he, I don't think the odds are that good. And I think, I think he, he gets the Art Ross still. Well. Yeah, so do um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, you know, Connor to win the heart still. Uh, and you know, that, 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 that goes along with, with uh, some, one of our predictions that the Oilers make the playoffs or uh, uh, here as well. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a good one. Like that's a good one because it's it's not a you're 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 laying out there a little bit just because of the start that he's had, the injuries, and that I I do think whenever there's a player like Connor McDavid in the league, I think the I think the voters are always trying to be a little bit too smart, and they're always looking for yes. someone. Oh well, so and so did did that even though Connor is just like dominant that they'll try to, they'll try to spin like probably Kale McCarr. And I love Kale McCarr and he is amazing and a superstar in his own right. But you know, that kind of like, if it's close that these, the, the smarts, the smart hockey writers will be like, well, Kale McCarr is a defenseman. Yeah. The, the, the hockey writers get all hipster when it comes to the, uh, <laughs> to the building. It, you know, they, it, they really, they just reinvent their own definitions of what the actual, trophies and the words mean um so my prediction is going to be it's a little out of left field and it's going to take almost a year for us to cash and i don't know this is i didn't have one and i just kept coming back to this and i've thought about it a little bit for a while especially since the coaching changed, and i've kind of been on that topic a little bit tonight my prediction is that jay woodcroft will not be an nhl head coach for game one of next season which oh, wow. everyone seems, I, I shouldn't say, you know, everyone, lots of sports media think Jay Woodcroft, he's going to land. I know he will. He'll be an NHL coach again. I have no doubt, but everyone's like, oh, he'll have a job next year. First thing, no problem. Well, you've still only got a couple, you know, there's a couple jobs out there. How, how desirable are they? If you've got, um, I mean, yeah, you'll have one or two, I guess, you know, probably decent teams that that flame out that they're uh, surprised about. And, you know, maybe there's one or two decent jobs out there. I don't know. Jay Woodcroft coming from this job, does he want to go take over the next step of a rebuild in in Anaheim or San Jose or somewhere else that, that probably does a coaching change? Like, I don't know. I just, I just... It's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. So I'm making the call. I'm making a prediction. I think Jay Woodcroft will be a coach again in the NHL. And I think maybe he, I don't know where, you know, maybe he comes in as another midseason guy. Of course, I could that, really put my, I could put my foot in my mouth if the Ottawa, if the Senators fire DJ Smith in two weeks and bring Jay Woodcroft in. <laughs> but, I, see that. I see that as a much, much better fit for his style than him taking 10 interviews in the off season and landing one of the vacant jobs. 
I, I, that's my, how I see it happening. I guess I just, in my mind, as I was talking about it, I didn't see it happening this year, but I guess I wouldn't completely rule that out. But you have to remember, he's still getting paid for the rest of this year and next two. So that makes his position. I mean, I, I mean, not people don't turn, there's not many turning down of head coaching job offers, but he's in a position and that plays into my prediction as well. The financial, you know, part of it with him still being under contract to the Oilers. I think he's in a position where he can really pick the right fit. And I just, I don't know, it's just a feeling. So I'm putting it in the book and we'll see how it lines up with some of my other predictions. And um, next week I'm going to hit the music next week. We're going to start. I'm going to do something. we, We need to get some predictions on the books that are a little bit shorter range. We've got to do some X is going to happen in the month of December or whatever, so we can start yeah. start bringing well, some stuff out. But this is good. This is a really nice time we got here. Episode two, a lot tighter, uh, a lot cleaner. I think it, I think it's fabulous. Yeah. Anything uh, you want to anything you want to say to anything we didn't get to? No, I don't think so. Just. Uh... Now, Steve, stick on the ice and go to the net. I don't know what are, what are we what are we signing off with. Exactly. Well, I think I my uh, I think I was with the five hole thing. Oh so yeah, right. Keep your until next week. This has been plus minus. Till next week, keep your eyes open and your five hole shut.